0: This is Tracy. And this skirt. And this is the MFG cast. To another edition of the MFG Cast. (laughs) I can never introduce these episodes again.
1: Uh, You could do it. You (laughs) just—I don't know why you paused.
0: (laughs) I don't know either. Uh, That was great. I think I was excited that I was going to be able to do it this time instead of you, and then I failed.
1: Do you want to welcome everybody?
0: Welcome, friends of the podcast.
1: Yay! Thank you for
0: joining us today. As we record, it's a beautiful fall day here in Wisconsin. Whoop, whoop. My favorite season, so there you have it. Okay.
1: Nice. Cool. So we're going to be continuing our alphabet game.
0: But with a twist.
1: With a twist.
0: Sort of, right?
1: What's that twist?
0: The twist is that this time in the alphabet game, we've incorporated a small box game. That's right. For our our next alphabet letter
1: that's right so basically we we did the we've been doing our alphabet game we've been talking about trying to talk about our small box games that we have in our little small box shelf and this is kind of a amalgamation of the two
0: yeah it wasn't intentional nope but it ended up being that way and we thought boom yep. look at us go
1: yep. look at us go
0: yeah but before we do that let us talk about what we've been playing lately
1: yeah let's do it
0: did I freak you out there or what? You did not. I, Your eyes I love like it. kind of bugged out a little it. bit.
1: I <laughs> love I love that you did it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So.
0: Why don't you talk about what you've played or what you played with Mike? Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: So recently, we've played. Me and Mike have played. Old podcast partner Mike have played a couple of games. Gosh, we've actually played quite a bit lately. Um, I don't think last episode we talked about. Mike brought over Ashes Reborn, which is a basically a new skin of the old Ashes games. You can actually play the old Ashes game with it, but they kind of tweaked the rules of the game, so it's a lot quicker to play. You basically have like a, boy, I can't remember what they call the main person. It's like like you have like your boss or your, gosh, I'm sorry, I can't think of what they call It, it doesn't matter. that you are they're leading your group or whatever and you have this deck you can either pre-make your deck or they have their own pre-made decks or whatever and you um can do different things so like you can have different you can have different um uh creatures and stuff like that that help protect this main uh hero that you have that you're using to fight against or you can do spells But some of that stuff is kind of limited to what you have as far as magic goes and stuff like that. So, like, some of your spells, depending upon the person that you actually have, you can only have so many out at the same time. It's a fun little back and forth. I kind of, we kind of, me and Mike always kind of equate it to magic kind of, but, like, quicker and easier. And you just kind of go back and forth and do different things, and I really like it. And one of the things I really enjoy is the art on that game. The art is just, like, phenomenal. It's like every time I see it, I'm like, wow.
0: That's the only thing I ever remember. Well, I've never played it, yeah, but I always remember seeing it when I'm looking for games. I always remember the art.
1: Yeah, yeah, the art is always good. Lots <laughs> of lots of cool colors, lots of different characters, lots of different people from all different spectrums. It's really cool. I really enjoyed it. Cool. Um, cool. And then I'll kind of go into the la- the another thing that me and Mike played that me and you also played, Tracy. We played uh, Kabuto Sumo. By board game tables, um, this is a game by Tony Miller, the Bearded Rogue. If you don't know who that is, it is a game where you are you have these pieces on the board, but you also have your sumo wrestlers that are actually like beetles, and you're trying to push them out by pushing these pieces onto the board and trying to force your way, force your other opponent's pieces off the board, but with other things like you can grab other pieces that you can help for you know pushing the you know pushing the sumos off the board or you have special abilities that you can use that give you also like some special pieces that you can use too but it, it's weird it's just the trying to work the angles and trying to
0: well because you can't change your angle so once mm-hmm. you start with by pushing you have to go that way consistently yeah going a so you can't line. like Go forward and then swing left or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also the pieces are different sizes. Yes. So you can have like a... Maybe like a one inch in -hmm. diameter piece and then like a two inch maybe. And then I think there's probably Mm -hmm. one that's maybe three and a half inches or something. Like they're all different sizes and you only start with a certain amount. And Mm -hmm. then as as they fall off the board and you get to collect them then you can use more. Yep. But if you ever run out of pieces, then you lose.
1: Yep. Yep. So the two ways you can win. win or lose the game basically is yeah, either pushing the other person's character like token off the board or running out of tokens yourself, you would lose and the other person would win. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yep. And the space is not big.
1: No, it really isn't. No. No. And the, if you use your special abilities for the different um, beetles or whatever, like, there's different things. Like, one of them that Tracy played was, like, a big cactus, a big skinny cactus. Another one is, like, prongs or whatever you call it, um, like, mandible or something like that. Like, they're really interesting and unique. Yeah,
0: but you can't, you can't just use them. You have mm-hmm. to... Um, certain things have to happen before you can use them. So I think, like... In order for me to use the cactus, I had to, my sumo beetle had to be at the edge of the board in order for my cactus to be activated, mm-hmm. and then I think, then I think I could use it yep. as my replacement piece
1: mm-hmm.
0: for that turn.
1: Yeah, but the only thing that sucks is that. Like- If it stays on the board, then you don't get it back until it falls off, and you can meet the requirement to use it again. So you have to kind of strategize that way.
0: Yeah, there's lots of different things. Like I think I used one character where if our two wrestlers were um, touching, then I automatically collected one of your pieces. Mm -hmm. You had to give it to me, so that was... That was beneficial for me, mm-hmm. not for you. Yeah, um, I think you ended up losing that that one because you ran out of pieces. Yep. At some point, mm-hmm. so I don't know if that was to if that card was to my advantage because I kept taking your stuff away because yeah. we were touching like almost the entire time. Yeah. Trying yeah. to you know because in the game of suit not the game well it's a game sort of or the sport of sumo there wrestling. You go. Yep. They are always trying to push each other yeah so you're always
1: touching you know that kind of thing yeah it's interesting um yeah you really have to (laughs) you know figure out angles and where things are kind of going because if you don't you could easily lose all your pieces right away so you have to like a good strategy sometimes is to like not worry about trying to push your opponent off but trying to push so you can get other pieces so you can get those to keep going because if you run out then you're done
0: we had to do that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Um, I think one thing you had mentioned was that when you and Mike played it, is that Mike had kind of compared it a little bit to those coin push games or coin drop games Yes. that you see at like arcades, mm-hmm. where you drop the coin in the slot and it drops down into like that moving ramp. Yeah, not ramp like but a platform, like platform something. that yeah. pushes the coins down to try to have you uh, ultimately push them down into the slot and you win money.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Kind of does remind me of that a little bit,
1: yeah,
0: and uh, like a version of it at least, yeah. But, um, you know, we played this game, I think, yesterday, maybe like five times,
1: yeah, we played it a lot,
0: yeah, just to see how it panned out. And I think the first play. I knocked you out right away. Mm-hmm. But it did. all depends on how, where you where you decide to move the, what are those? The pieces to do the push. Yeah. And how successful your push is.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because so, I remember reading, because I follow Bearded Rogue on Twitter, and he had said that sometimes a good strategy is to not really defend your character from getting knocked off the board. Sometimes it's good to be more aggressive trying to get theirs. But also, you have to be careful, too, because I think I was a little too aggressive in that one game, because then you were just like, I just knocked your guy off. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> you know? So you have to be kind of careful. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting dexterity game-ish. I don't think it's... Is it dexter. I don't even know. I don't really think what it's... Is, what would you call this kind of game? You know, it's like...
0: Well, I don't know. It kind of seems a little bit luck-based. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, sort of, because you're just pushing and you don't really know what pieces are going to fall. I don't know that it's really luck-based, but it's kind of mysterious. Yeah. Because you're pushing and you, when you assume that one of the pieces is going to fall, either nothing falls or something completely opposite might
1: fall. It's almost like a territory-based game, too, because you're kind of... Fighting for yeah like pushing for territory and trying yeah. to get that one off and it's, stuff
0: it's definitely interesting i certainly think that the the power cards or the character cards definitely add something to it mm-hmm. because i i don't know how exciting it would be without yeah or if it would be as um eventful yeah without them
1: yeah And we've only played two players on this. It would be more interesting to see how like maybe three or four players would happen. Also, you can do kind of like tag teams with like two, you know, two against two. If you wanted to there too, I'd be interested to see how that would kind of shape out. So it would be kind of interesting to throw that, you know, third and fourth player out because then there's a lot going on.
0: Yeah, I wonder how that would work. Yeah. Because it already is a small space for two. Yep. Of these So, throwing two more in there or even just one more Mm -hmm. would make it certainly interesting. Like, who are you just pushing stuff around or are you targeting just one person or, you know, what are you really going for?
1: Yeah, exactly. That'll be interesting. For sure. Um, And then, lastly, we played a couple of games with some family the other night. You played played floor plan with Mike, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot I played floor plan. I forgot I played Floor Plan. Boy, this is gonna be a lot of now playing. We played a lot of stuff.
0: Uh, yeah, I told you it was going to be. Yeah, uh,
1: played Floor Plan by Deep Water Games. This is a game where you're trying to build a floor plan. A floor plan. Yep. Oh. Okay. For like. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> For like, you know, like house plans and stuff like that. And there's different things you can do, but it's cool because you roll two dice, and then you build around. Your floor plan, basically, and you can choose to either build rooms or you can build scenery. Oh, which is kind of cool. So it's like, okay, so I want to build this uh, bedroom, but it's I want to put you know windows in it and stuff like that. And like, you put a certain amount of things out on the board as far as your furnishings. I think it's called furnishings. Actually, doesn't matter. Um, that makes ac- more sense. According to the die roll so like i think three is windows so you put three windows out you don't have to put them on the same thing you can put windows wherever you want it's just you just have to have a uh, part of that house a room in that house to actually put it on so like if you wanted to have eight windows on a house you could <laughs> but Deepwater games does a really good job of doing these kind of it, i don't know writing games because i can't say rolling right because like this is a rolling right, but then they have welcome to, which is the flipping right. And what else do they have? That's Why, I There's another one out there that I can't think of in the top of my head. Doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, this one is just, I don't know, it's just really fun and there's just so much strategy. But also like when you're doing your rooms, your rooms have to be a certain height and width depending upon what you roll. So if you roll like a six and a five, it has to be six fifths or five sixths. Which is or five by six or a six by five in the squares, which is really interesting. Oh, you know, and then do you know again adding you know furnishings in this, and it's not like your floor plan area is that big. Like if you do stones for furnishings, it's six stones, so you have to figure out how to put six stones on this area. But meanwhile, I'm kind of bearing the lead. Like the reason, the way to get points. Is you get these three cards out there, and I can't. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to remember what exactly they are, but on each card, there's two different um, things that the characters are trying to, or those characters are on the cards. They want you to have that certain thing out on your floor plan so you can score those points. So, like, one of them will be like, oh, here's a, uh, you have to have a three by three pool, but you also have to have uh, 12 stones attached to them or one of them's like okay you have to have like a bedroom
0: are they they like their requirements
1: yes it's like a requirement for me and i can't remember exactly what they're called in the game but
0: okay
1: but they're you know it's something that they they need for this house because you're building it for them they want these things and then i think it's once you have at least six of those done then the game is Mm -hmm. over and you score points depending on however many points you got there there's also once you score your um what are the requirements that they ask you, you can get certain bonuses. Like one of them's like a wild die. One of them's you can do two furnishings at one time. You can do two rooms at one time, but then you add all the points together there. You also get bonus points. I think at the end, I think it's one of those, it's uh, so many doors, uh, however many doors are next to stones or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but you, and you add all of the points up at the end, and then whoever, um, whoever has the most points wins. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. It, again, it's one of those games that I think that you could do it over and over and over and over and over again, and you still wouldn't get the same like writing twice. So yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I'd like to play it again. I, just, uh, Deepwater has a really good um,
0: library of games.
1: Yeah, well, and especially like games that i feel like are really well thought out and like every time i play it i go wow that's really that is a really interesting way to make a game you know and i'm like i wish i had that i wish i had that ability
0: yeah So cool
1: so we had over my sister and my nibbling if you actually don't know what nibbling is please look that up i will i won't i will let that i will let that discover i will let you discover that for yourself and we played a couple of games the other night. And we played a couple of games last night. We played a game that we actually bought a super long time ago that we just brought to the table re- that night. Is, uh Detective Club.
0: Oh, I was looking at you like, what was it?
1: <laughs> Why don't you tell everybody about what Detective Club is about?
0: Oh, okay. Even though I just looked at you like, what game are you going to say?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Detective Club, we... We get a couple, of, we got just before the pandemic. Yep. Um, we were introduced to this game by a vendor at a con. Mm-hmm. And we thought, well, we got to have this. And then we bought it and then realized it was four players mm-hmm. and up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we are like, are you kidding us? <laughs> are you kidding us? Are, are you, you kidding, kidding me? Us? Is yeah. what we were thinking. So we wanted to get it to the table finally. And we had learned how to play it or read the directions um, the last time, and we never got to the table when they were here to play it before. So this time we thought, heck, this is a good time. Yeah, for sure. So Detective Club, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, is a game where there are like a stack of like 160 plus cards with this awesome art on it. Yeah, it's excellent. Just, it's... It's not really abstract art, but it's just different art. Yeah. Like, it could be a bear who is fishing on a bridge with, you know, something like that. Or a some animal playing a piano. Or a a tooth with a top hat. You know, something interesting like that. But the art is really, really cool. Yeah, definitely. And basically what you're doing is... One player is the. Do you remember investigator? Uh, is
1: that what they're called? Moderator, I think. No, that doesn't sound nope. right. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, anyway, there's one player who is basically looking at. I think I believe we. Each person has six cards in their hand that are dealt to them, and everybody's looking at their cards. But the player who is going to be giving a basically picking a word to describe two cards that they have in their hand so they're looking at the cards in their hand and they're saying okay you know what can I pull from these cards that I can give as a clue so it could be sky it could be something like fruit it could be you know something like the word smart or you know whatever What? what in these six cards that I have in my hand could I lay two of them out in front of me that are relatable and put them out? You're not telling the person or any of the people out loud what the clue is. And basically then what you're doing as this person, what are they called, Kurt? Investigators?
1: Well, everybody's detectives, but I don't think they. I don't think they talk about. I think
0: they. I thought they did. Well, anyway, this person takes a notebook for each of the other people that are playing with them, and they write their one word down that um, describes the clue cards that they're going to be placing out. And but one of the notebooks is not going to have anything written on it. So what we did when we played is just did a scribble. So it looked like we were still writing on that notebook. And then they, we shuffle them up, hand them out to all the other players. And then they look at them and they read them and they go, okay, so what cards do I have in my hand that would help me so that everybody knows that I know what the clue giver is Trying to portray yep. or describe. Mm-hmm. However, there's one person in the group who has no idea what's going on.
1: Mm-hmm. So they,
0: they're trying to fake it to make it. Yep.
1: They call them the conspirator.
0: <laughs> yes. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah,
1: that's what I the thought. The conspirator. You yeah, because they just call the person that's do- giving the clues and writing down the, the clue giver. The Yeah, they call him the active player or something. Okay. Like it doesn't matter. Anyway. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs>
0: Anyway, so basically the person who doesn't know it has to fake it to make it. And so they're going to want to watch for all of the other um, cards that are placed in front of everybody. Unfortunately, there's so much happening in these cards that you have no idea what somebody may be trying to portray. So the first, it's not really a round, but the first... Yeah, it is. It's two rounds of clues. So the first round, the person who picked their word will lay out one of their cards. And then you'll go around in a circle and each person will lay out a card. No one will say anything. You'll just lay out a card. Then the person who picked the word will lay out their second card. And then we'll go around again and each of them will lay out a card. Then what will happen is Starting with the person who picked the word, they will tell the whole group what word they picked, whether, you know, whatever word it is. So let's say it's the word blue that they wrote down on the notebook. They will say, hey, they will say, hey, I picked the word blue. And this is the reason why. Because in this first card, the whole top portion of this card is blue. And the whole, in the second card, the whole right portion of this card is blue, and this woman's dress is blue, and yada, yada, yada. Then, play moves to the next player, and the next player has to say, I picked these two cards because of this. And you go around basically around the table to say, Hey, this is why, however, you're going to encounter the person who had no idea what it was. So they're basically going to be lying through their teeth to say, Hey, I picked these two cards for blue because of these reasons. Sometimes you can get away with it because you may not have anything in your hand, even if you knew what the clue was that even pertained to the clue. So if somebody's picked like the word fruit or something like that, and you never had any fruit in any of your pictures, you could say, hey, I picked this because it has a tree in it and this tree might produce fruit. Or, and then this other one I picked because I didn't have anything that had anything to do with fruit. So you're going around and you're all making up your stories or telling your words or whatever. And then everybody... Around the table, votes to decide, except for the person who gave the um picked the word. To see who they thought was the one who was lying, mm-hmm. and then you score points. And I don't think we need to tell them about the points because I don't remember them.
1: Mm. I I could. Well, I don't think it matters, <laughs> I does know, it? It's fine.
0: And then, um, you then you go around again. So then the person to the right of that person. You do the whole thing again, and you always want to make sure you have six cards in your hand, so everyone is always drawing up to make sure they always have six cards mm-hmm. in their hand. I never said that. And then you're only... Are you doing that until everyone has a turn, right?
1: Yep. You're doing... every del, Everyone has been an active player. Yep.
0: And then you tally up your points, and whoever has the most points wins. If there's a tie, which we had when we played... If one person has more um, coins or point tokens and there was the tie, then they are the winner. Except for Kurt and I tied because we had the same exact number and the same exact number of coins.
1: Ooh, ties are stupid.
0: Bow. (laughs) Anyway, it was really, really fun.
1: Yeah, it was. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. The art is so amazing. Yeah. Like like a lot of people talk about how much they love Dixit's art because it's so good. I... I've seen Dixit, but I've never played it. But I feel like this game has probably some of the best art I've ever seen, mm-hmm. and it kind of makes me think of like almost like a Alice in Wonderland kind of thing because yeah. everything is just so creative and yeah, it's pretty fun, interesting, and like again, this company or the company that made it, it was like some kind of studio. I think it was like M M8I Studios. I think I can't don't quote me. You can look it up. Did like hundred and sixty ish cards, and they're all different, and yeah. they're all amazing. So kudos to them for yeah. The there's amazing work.
0: there's a guy that I work with who loves to play Dixit, mm-hmm. and I and I don't know enough about it, but I think I'm gonna tell him about this game because I really think that he would like to play it with his friends because they really appreciate Dixit, and I think they. Dixit probably has some of the same types of similarities. Potentially, yeah. I don't really know, but I think that they would like. They may like to play this. Yeah, cool. and they always play with a ton of people.
1: Yeah, cool.
0: Yeah. So, sorry that was a long, long version explanation of that.
1: That's okay. It was um, it was fun
0: game. What else did we play? Oh, and then we brought an oldie to the table. We taught them how to play. Dynamonsters mm-hmm. by... I
1: think it's IDW Games. It and is Panda... IDW. And, and Pandasaurus, I think. I think they were in kahoots together for that one, if really? I'm not mistaken. Oh. Pretty sure.
0: And that's just a, basically a trick-taking game. Mm-hmm. And um, some cute, cute-ish monsters of different um, colors and point values with diamonds and negative diamond values where you have to collect um, a certain number of diamonds or a certain number of monsters of the same color to um, win a diamond in that round. And then once you collect three diamonds, then you win.
1: Yep. yep. Just a, just a really yep. qu- real quick, easy game to play. Yep. And yeah, it was good to get that to the table too.
0: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: So we got a lot of games to the table lately. So that was exciting. Yep. But let's get into the topic at hand.
0: Okay. So typically when we do the alphabet portion of an episode we talk about what games begin there what games we have that begin with that letter mm-hmm. so if you want to go over those first sure
1: i'll go i'll just go through them quick so our h games we have harry potter Hogwarts battle boy that's really hard to say <laughs> too many h's that's no, only two okay uh have a cow by n20 games Heaven and Ale, which we bought and still have not played.
0: We did open it.
1: We did open it, though. Hellboy the Board Game, which is an awesome game and fun to play solo. Uh, We have a couple of games in the Herbaceous series. We have Herbaceous and Herbaceous Sprouts, which are really fun. Uh, Another game we haven't played yet, which is Herbalism, because it's three or more players, I think, and we just haven't gotten that to the table yet. Hero Realms, Hero Clicks. Actually, I think I got rid of my Hero Clicks, so I should take that off of there. Um, <laughs> actually, I might have a few left I use for games. Uh, Heroes Wanted. Uh, I think we talked about this in a past episode where um, we bought this at a co- our first Gen Con and went all in and bought like every single thing for Heroes Wanted, it feels like. Expansions and everything. And we played that recently, and that was fun.
0: Yeah, we may have alluded that we were going to be talking about this one. Yeah. For our
1: H game. Yep, but we decided but not we to. We went
0: off the <gasps> beaten path. Oh, what did we do? We're
1: crazy. Uh, hit the Deck, Hokkaido, Holy Festival of Colors, Horrified, which is an amazing game mm, if you have not played that I want that. to play the other one. Yeah, the American Monsters or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. Emotep uh, and Emotep, A New Dynasty, the expansion. Emotep, The Duel.
0: Why are you reading those? What? Why are you reading Emotep? Oh,
1: that's. <laughs> okay, so I went <laughs> past everything. I like. Hey, I
0: literally was wondering what was going on there. Oops,
1: I forgot what we were doing. <laughs> <And then> you,
0: <laughs> I think you were going to read Imperial Sellers. I was, yep. You?
1: I was just going to keep going. Let's do the old <laughs> alphabet. <laughs> Oh, terrible. I
0: was so confused. <laughs> did you even read that game? What game? The one we we're going to talk about? No. Oh. You know
1: why? Because we're going to talk about it right now. Ooh,
0: but you read the I games. <laughs>
1: I did. Because i was awesome. <laughs> that was,
0: I'm like, did he read them because there's an H in
1: them? Uh, uh, nope. <laughs> Oh,
0: that was fantastic! So
1: the one I left off that list is the one we're going to be talking about right now is Hunchu by Renegade Game Studios. Yeah, we just we've just played this recently and decided that we wanted to kind of do the thing together. Where we're doing the not only the alphabet but also it's a tiny box game. It's a game that I I just said on Twitter the other day that I think it's kind of I think it's a classic I even though it's not fairly old I feel like it's one of those games that when it first came out it was kind of like fire like people, everyone was like saying how much they wanted to play it and stuff like that and they've come out with uh, Hokkaido uh, Hokkaido after that um, I think we talked about this I don't think we liked it as much as Honshu. Um, but, uh, we, I think we want to play it some more just to see if we can kind of get our opinion on that. Maybe it changed a little bit, but it was nice to get this to the, ta- to the table again. And another thing we realized too, is that this is a game for one to four players and we'd only played it two players until we play play it until we played it recently with Logan. Yep. Yeah. Which was fun. Yeah, it was. So it's weird because there's there's actually a difference between playing three and up and playing two players. Basically, in this game, you're just you're building a city, and doing that you're using these cards from your hand, and you're kind of all all placing them on the table, um, secretly, and then once you once everyone's placed them secretly, you turn them up, and then you're trying to figure out who goes in player order depending upon what card is the highest
0: yeah because all the cards have numbers on them
1: yeah so then uh in a one player game or in a one player game wow. apparently i'm not paying attention to my own talking
0: hey in
1: in a three and up player <laughs> game what you can do to make your value on your card higher is you can take a resource this game comes with little resources you can put that on your card and you can actually make that 60 more points than what you have, so you can make the order go differently. Mm-hmm. And the order is not just like clockwise or counterclockwise. It's whatever number you have. You're, you know, whoever has the first highest is first. Whoever is second highest is second, and so on. And then it changed it changes differently in the two player game because in the two player game, the two players are picking a card and putting them off to the side. That's one group of two cards. But then you're taking two random cards off of the top of the deck for another group of cards. And then whoever has the top card um between the two players. You mean the highest card. Or whoever has the highest card between those two players can pick between the two pairs but also but can only play one. Yep. But also you can up your number on your cards, but you have to discard two resources to make that. Well we 60 never did more. that. No. Yeah. I feel like we've just we're like I feel like resources in in a two-player game are a little too scarce or like you want to covet them more for more points
0: that and the fact that you have a choice between two cards Mm -hmm. versus using one resource in a three and three or four player game isn't nearly as bad because you're only able to choose between one card yeah so to use a resource for that one seems okay
1: Mm -hmm.
0: if you really know that you can't maybe use any of the other ones
1: yeah for sure so so then when you're placing your cards what you do is you know depending upon who's first second third so on you're placing them on these little you you get first you get this little starter card that's either a side a or a side b and then when you place a card on that map you're kind of building a map you have to cover at least one space on the card that's on the table or the card that you're using. And there's so there's six spaces, and you have to cover that one space as one of the rules. But also another rule is you can't cover up uh, the water spots. You cover up water, but you have to keep those. You have to keep those uncovered.
0: But everything else is fair game.
1: True. And then so what you're gonna do is you're gonna. You get everyone gets six cards, so you go through three cards in a three and up player game, and then after you're done with those three cards, you're gonna pass them to the left and then get through the other three cards, and then you're gonna start another round of three cards. So you're gonna play th- or six cards, and you're gonna play three cards and then pass to the right, and then play another, those last three cards, and then um, you're doing your, your scoring at the end. But scoring is different compared to what you're actually going to be putting on your map. So Tracy, why don't you tell people about how you're going to be scoring these maps.
0: So as you're placing the cards or deciding like what cards you want to place in your map or your area, you things to consider would be... Um the different types of I can't think of a word except for terrain mm-hmm. would be they have forest and for any forest that's not covered it's two points and they can be scattered throughout your area. So those are two points for each square. Then there's like a building or a town. Mm-hmm. And those have to be placed next to each other, so they can't be sporadic. So then what you're doing is you're scoring for any town, the largest town yep. area, and it has to be all gathered together <laughs> orthogonally <laughs> <I>, Orthogonally. <laughs> you, you, orthogonally.
1: I was trying,
0: ortho- there it is. Yay.
1: I think I say it wrong. I like want to add an wrong. O. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Same I want to
0: add another O yep. in there. Anyway, <laughs> so those are scored and it's just one for one. So if you have 14 grouped together, then you get 14 points. Yeah.
1: And I want to just clear something too. Like, oh, okay. Uh, as far as the towns go, you can scatter them throughout the town. Or throughout your map, you just won't score. Yeah, you
0: only score the yeah. largest group.
1: Yep, I know. Just the way you said it, it sounded like you were saying like the town pieces you can score them orthogon Ah, orth- <laughs> <I can't laughs> see that way. But um, you, it almost sounded like you're like you can't put towns against other things. You can. You're just scoring your your biggest town that's orthogonally together okay (laughs) sorry i just wanted to clear it up
0: no that's okay i probably i I probably confused people i actually didn't realize that i made it sound like that okay anyway as kurt said you can't cover up the water so that has to stay and that one can only be scored only in one water section so i believe you have to pick what water section you score or you score all of the water sections.
1: Yep, you can score multiple water sections.
0: Ooh, we've just never done that.
1: Nope, because it's hard.
0: (laughs) It is really hard. (laughs) However, when you score the water sections, you don't score the first body of water, but you score any of the other ones that are attached to it after that. So anyone that's attached after that is worth three points. Mm -hmm. So if you have four squares of water you would score three squares of water Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth Mm -hmm. good luck with that
1: yeah and make sure that you know i mean it's hard too but like try not to have at least try not to have one water space just sitting out by itself because that one by itself doesn't score so if you have at least two then you'll score it for that
0: yeah and it it's pretty hard yeah it is It's very with that and then the last scoring piece, I think, that I didn't talk about, because there's only four, right, is are the resources that Kurt was talking about. So some of the cards have spaces to, like, generate resources. And then there's a spot where it kind of looks like a sunburst for those resources. So there's four different kinds of resources. There's, I think, brown, blue, yellow, and gray. And um, then there's like these sunburst looking things. And I would equate it to it producing that resource. So so once it produces that resource, then um, at the end of the game, you can move your resource to the production or whatever. And then you gain points. So let's say you have you've acquired a gray resource. On one of the cards, and then there's another card where it has a sunburst with a gray um, resource. At the end of the game, you can move that gray one over to the sunburst, and then you collect points. And how you know the amount of points you collect are the, um, the amount of... There's like little flowers that you can see for your scoring. Yeah. And as long as you're able to move a resource into that area... You collect the points for that, and they range from two to four, I believe. One to four, I think. Or I don't think I've seen four? a one. Two. Yeah, I think you're right. Two yep. to four. I two think to you're four. Right. Yep. And so you have the opportunity to move, like I said, those yellow, brown, gray, and blue, over to those sections throughout your your map or your town. Yeah. And so then those are scored also. So you total up the points between your forest, your town your water bodies of water and your resources, and then the player with the highest points wins.
1: Yep, that's right. Um, other things to consider when you're putting your cards on the board and stuff like that, if you have a place on your board or on your map where you where you produce your those resources that sit on there, you can actually cover them up with other cards if you want. It's just you're going to be losing those resources along the way. Um, another thing to consider, which we didn't talk about, is there's, like, little deserty areas on the cards, which actually mm. don't count as any points for the end of the game. The only thing it actually counts for, if possible, is if there's a tie, then whoever has the most of those desert spaces would win, but I don't think we've ever come that close to a tie, really.
0: Uh, no, maybe within four or something like that, but... No, watch, we'll tie the next <laughs> time, but... But we'll so still So those are kind of, in my eyes at least, like chafe spaces. Yeah. Yeah. They But they have them staggered throughout the cards in such random ways. And some cards have way more than other, others. So you really have to be strategic on how you want to lay them out throughout your map
1: mm-hmm.
0: to place them. And whether you want to cover them up or if you want to keep them out to cover them up for next time.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I really dig this game. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's so much fun. There's a lot of variety. They actually have, like, I think seven more, like, extra rules cards for, like, scoring at the end if you want to mix it up that way. Again, with the A and the B sides, it gives you a lot of variability in how you're going to play. I feel like every time you... Play this game, but it's never ends up being the same. There's lots of strategy you can have with it, too. But, yeah, and it's one of those games that's small enough, too. You can bring it anywhere. You can have it on the go. Well, well maybe not.
0: You can. It's easy to transport around, Yeah, but you do have to have space or a flat surface and things like that yeah, to play it.
1: Yeah, that's true, because when you're making this map, all these cards can actually make a lot of you know, make a lot of room and stuff like that. So it's, yeah, you have to kind of be wary of table space, I suppose. You could probably play it on a floor at a convention or something like that if you have enough space to kind of sit and just mm-hmm. kind of chill. But, yeah, again, it's one of those games that never disappoints. The fact that it's in our little game shelf is kind of, it kind of sucks because then I'm like, I don't see it as much.
0: Well, maybe, we, maybe we take this one and we put it on the top. Yeah. And one that we maybe are fine with, but it's not as much of a favored game as this one. And move it into the game.
1: Yeah, into the shelf. Shelf, yep. <clears throat> yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I really like this game. Yeah. I think I got this mm-hmm. for a gift or something. I think you did. Actually, from you.
1: <laughs> I just realized. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> I think I think I asked for it. Yep. Or was, was eyeing it up.
1: Yep. Yeah, I really just one of those that's just like every time I'm like I'm i I like it and I'm I might not even be the best at it actually but I I still am really challenged and I really enjoy it you know it really like works by every part of my brain I think when I'm trying to play it and stuff and like like I kind of said before like I had tried some different strategies in the couple of games that we played where normally some of these games I would just be like okay I know the strategy and I want to do to win this game and this one i'm like i'm gonna try different things to kind of see how it worked out and i think in the second game that we played i did a different strategy and ended up winning so it's it's cool to see you know which was shocking (laughs) i'm kidding (laughs) Ah, he he he
0: sounded like he was really shocked with himself so that's why i thought i actually am
1: yeah because some you know sometimes with games you just don't know how you're going to you know how it'll plan out. In some games, you'll know like, okay, I don't really do well in this game, but I'll still try my best. It's like me playing Azul with you. God, it's so much not fun losing all the time, but I still like why, playing. Why it. Azul?
0: Why did you bring up Azul? Because it's. I just... I don't even remember playing the game. It's just with one you. of
1: those games that I don't think I ever win against. I think I've won one game and out of in all the zoo? games, that we yes. I I oh, just I, I don't know. remember that. I'm just never good at that game. <laughs> Still love it. I would
0: think you would have said this
1: game. Still not good. Huh? <laughs> what was that? Podcast over. I
0: said, I <laughs> thought you would have said this game. Yeah,
1: oh, I heard you. I was being Because I'm pretty
0: sure I doubled your score on the when we played three player.
1: Yeah, but that's only because oh no, that I, was, well I was having a really sucky game. I was Aww. really not happy with that game.
0: You but know what, though? I still like playing games with you.
1: Oh, thank God!
0: Even if I don't feel challenged, I'm just kidding.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Gosh, take it out. I love hey, it. Hey,
1: whatever. It, can everyone just like?
0: Oh, I'm just kidding. Feel I bad don't. For me? But to be honest with you, I don't remember playing Azul.
1: <laughs> it's been a long time. But again, I just I know games that I'm good at and games that I'm not good at, and that's just one of them. So
0: well, and let's be real. There's games that I just know right away that I'll be a little bit. Agitated, (laughs) and I play them with you, so
1: yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's all good. Have you played Honshu at all, or any of these other games that we've talked about? Let us know uh, at MFGCast on Twitter, at Mrs. Aug on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. KT, I'm KT Amular on Twitter. You are Tracy Amular on Twitter. No, what
0: that's Instagram.
1: I said Instagram.
0: No, you just said on Twitter. Oh,
1: sorry, I meant Instagram. Sorry. And then I would like to <coughs> highlight Midwest Resin Geek. Tracy has her own Etsy page. So go to Etsy, Midwest Resin Geek. She's doing some dice. She's doing keychains. She's doing pop sockets. Um, What else are you doing?
0: Dominoes.
1: Dominoes. Coasters.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. A lot of cool stuff. She doesn't want to like... For she for some reason she wants people to buy everything but she won't promote it whatsoever so I have to promote hey, it for you.
0: That's because I'm nervous <laughs> It's
1: all good stuff. you want some good some awesome RPG dice for friends or family for Christmas you can get them for a decent amount. Um, those are my
0: favorite to do
1: yes uh, check them out. she also does custom if you're willing to do custom. Uh, maybe that's something we can work. She can work out with you.
0: Just message me.
1: That's right. So remember Midwest Resin Geek on Etsy.
0: Either way, you can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, and both the. I tried to link the Etsy stuff, so.
1: Well, there you go. You can find it there.
0: You can find me. <laughs> I'll talk to you. Yep. You talk to me. We'll make it happen. That's right.
1: All right, and thanks for listening. Until All right, so that's it for us. Until next time, I'm Kurt.
0: And I'm Tracy.
1: This was the MFGCast. Thanks for listening, everybody. This podcast is a proud member of
0: the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit
1: www.legendsoftabletop.com.